Hello, everyone. Welcome to our special bonus episode. Uh, I am Jamie, of course, your game master and host. And with me today for this special episode is... Hey, guys, it's Jared. Hey, guys, it's Noah. Yeah, David and Morrison are not here with us right now, but they are in spirit. So... Scary. This episode spooky. Hey y'all. Very spooky. They are hovering above the hey, table Ghost right David. now. What's up, David? <laughs> Ooh, music reference. <laughs> <laughs> what about Morrison? Morrison. What's up, Ghost Morrison? I am Galavin Orellis. Wow, so in character. Hmm. Always in character. Hmm. <laughs> oh wow, he's making his signature noises. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So what is this episode you're asking yourself? Um, great question. Allow me to answer it for you. Um, we have some listeners that we've heard from who are unfamiliar with D&D. They don't necessarily play it. So this episode is for those people and for really anybody who needs a refresher on the rules. Uh, we're going to explain the basics of D&D for you. That is that is this episode. Because really, everyone should be playing D&D. It's yes. the greatest thing on planet. Yeah, if you haven't played yet, you should take off your earphones and go play. Well, listen to how to play. And then oh, yeah. It'll, it'll help. Yeah, it'll help <laughs> for sure. So uh, the first thing you all pretty much need to know is like, what is Dungeons and Dragons? And this is... The what is D&D? Yes. What is D&D? D&D is an improvisational, collaborative, storytelling game where the players play a single character. They describe what they want to do, and then they roll dice, and then the dungeon master or the game master tells them how well they do it. The players don't know what's going to happen. The dungeon master has plans, things that he's written and prepared, but the players heavily influence and usually do change those plans. So wait, it's not written? The dungeon master has some things written, but and the players have their characters, but they don't know what's going to happen, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The dungeon master or the game master, as is sometimes referred uh, in other in role playing games, is the narrator and also like a referee. Basically, he is he's narrating the story and he referees all the rules of the game. So who's more important, the dungeon master or the players? Mm, well, you know, they're kind of equal. Trick Noah. question. It's the players. Okay. <laughs> it is the players because it is a game, honestly. And and games are meant for players. And any dungeon master worth his salt will tell you it's all about the players, baby. It's all about making sure people have a good time. Dang. I keep trying to tell Jamie that, but it's nice to know that he has that same opinion himself. I do. When we're not throwing dice. When we're not yeah. throwing rolls. We're not we also got to make sure that those players aren't just trying to cheat themselves out of a good time <laughs> by asking for inspiration and advantage for every... Who would do that? Who would do that? Not nobody wait, 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 this wait. table. You mentioned a couple terms yeah, there. Yeah, what's up? Inspiration. Ooh, great lead in, Noah. Nice segue, dude. So, inspiration is a, uh, is a concept that exists in Dungeons & Dragons whereby the dungeon or game master bestows it upon a player, says, you have inspiration. And then that player can use that inspiration to roll any dice roll, present well, attacks, attacks, let's just say any dice roll, can use it to roll it with advantage. What's advantage? Great question, Noah. Thanks. Advantage means you roll it the dice twice and take the better of the two results. So as a DM, you give inspiration to a player when they do something really in character or heroic or whatever you deem necessary, and then they get a point of inspiration, they can use that inspiration to roll the dice again, basically. Yes. A retry. Perfectly, yes. Uh, each dungeon master or game master has their own ways by which they determine when they give inspiration. I do like to try to give it for things they do to their varying character, especially things that they do that are in character that may seem detrimental to their character or the party. I like to reward that because 
that should be rewarded. I just want to say, for role playing. I don't feel like I get rewarded for that. Yeah. Well, th- uh, there's another do. rule, Jared, maybe you don't know about, but if yeah. a player is really good and feels like they deserve inspiration, they can they just can award themselves inspiration. Oh, they can? That is not a rule. Uh, all new Dungeons and Dragons players, that is not a real rule. Um, that is a rule that Noah thinks exists. So I have inspiration right now. You've handbook. got inspiration if you want it. Sick. You have inspiration. You both have inspiration right now that you can use at any point during this description of D&D episode. Hey, so you mentioned dice earlier. Hey, you know what I did? What is that all about? Hey, let me tell you. So... Players are rolling these dice to see how well they do something, correct? Usually this dice will be a 20-sided dice, or as as it is sometimes known, a polyhedron or a polyhedral dice. That's any kind of die. No, that's a 20-sided die. Oh, sorry. You're 100% right. I'm a a doink. The only die (laughs) that is not polyhedral is a sphere. Yes. That is 100% correct. It's a dodecahedron is the uh, official name for a 20-sided dice. That is usually the one that is rolled. Uh, It goes from 1 to 20, as you would imagine. And if you roll a 1, it is sometimes referred to as a critical fail or a nat 1. And if you roll a 20 on the dice, the highest you could possibly roll, it is known as a critical success, a critical hit, a nat 20. Natural. Natural 20. Yes. There's so many names it goes by. Um, But basically, you roll a 20. You're awesome. You've done the best you can do. You roll a one, and that usually means something real stinky's about to happen. So you roll a one, you're going to fail at what you're trying to do. You roll a 20, you're going to succeed at what you're trying to do. Rules as written, usually the critical 20 or the critical one failure only apply to attacks. But Minutia. Minutia. Exactly. Minutia. It's all minutia. Also, if a player wants, they can succeed at whatever they decide. That's also not true. Don't listen to Noah for any of these rules at all. So to summarize, (laughs) for examples, let's say I'm a player and I want to open a door, but it's locked. Mm -hmm. I can roll a d20 and depending on how well I roll plus whatever modifier, Mm -hmm. that is determining if the door opens or not. So let's say I roll and I roll a one and I'm trying to open this door. I critically failed. So probably something is bad. It's going to happen. Yeah. You might sprain your wrist trying to open the door you might twist the lock and if there is a trap it goes off right in your face there are there are you might break your lock pick you might break your lock pick if you're trying to pick it but if you're trying to bash it with your shoulder you might jam your shoulder if i roll a d20 (laughs) i bust those doors open wide if i roll roll a 20 if i roll like a 15 and i'll probably let you describe exactly how it happens to allow you to really like Ex- like explain it in the most epic way. So like a 10 would be average. So mm-hmm. maybe the door would open, maybe not. The higher the roll, the better chance you have of succeeding at what 100%. you're doing. Yes, 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 yes. Now you're getting it, my dear boy. Wow, this sounds fun. Hey, it's a fun game. So a lot of people, uh, or one of the main questions we're getting is like, how do you, for the players, how do you guys know your stats of your characters, your modifiers? Jared, you mentioned modifiers. Um, mm. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about that? As sure. Players? Yeah. Um, so every player has what we call a character sheet. It's a bunch of papers, or on, in my case, I use the computer with those papers in it. It's got all the information about my character. So it's got a little bit about my backstory, the things I'm carrying in my inventory, uh, as well as statistics determined also by dice rolls that kind of dictate how good my character is at different things. Strength, dexterity, constitution for, you know, how um, sort of burly they are, how fit they are. Um, Wisdom, intelligence, all these things have subcategories with other modifiers. You can be especially good at a specific thing like deceiving people maybe that would fall under your charisma. 
A deception score. check. Yeah, there you go. Um, so those modifiers look like plus one, plus two, plus three, minus one, minus two, if you're bad at something. Um, and you roll the d20 when you want to try to do something, add your modifier to that, and that gives you a total score. The dungeon master tells you whether it's a good enough score to succeed, and you move on. So for example, like you said, deception. Let's say Noah is trying to deceive a character into thinking something. He would roll the d20 and then add his deception score to that. So he rolls an 11. He's probably got a high deception. So he's got like, let's say a plus four. That's 15. 15 is probably pretty good. Most likely he succeeds. He would probably roll against though if he's... It depends on the lie. Confusing. If I was trying to convince Jamie that I earned inspiration earlier in the <laughs> session, the... DC for that role, which is quite high, which stands for no one knows. No one knows what DC stands for, but the DC is like the difficulty class. Difficulty oh, class. Okay. Difficulty yes. class. That's how it's hard a, it's something a dungeon master is. Term. It's the number you have to beat uh, to succeed at what you're trying to do. So That's I would roll the D20. Is. I might get a five, uh, but I might add my plus seven modifier because I'm an incredibly good liar. Mm -hmm. That would get me to a twelve, but. To trick Jamie, I probably have to roll like a 22 or a 23 total. Uh, so he probably wouldn't believe me, and I'd probably be thrown off the table for the fifth or sixth time in the evening. Correct. And also, I just realized it's not difficulty class. It's difficulty check. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but it's a dungeon master thing, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. Also, most more basically, every character has health or HP, mm -hmm. uh, which is determined by the stats and stuff. And also, every character has an AC or armor class. The armor class is... Uh, it's the number that determines if you are hit by an attack or not. So if Jamie as an NPC or non-playable non character. character attacks my character, it is determined, like let's say he rolls a d20. He rolls a, let's say a 14. My armor class is 17. He does not hit. Is that clear? Yeah, it has to I meet think... the armor class or go above it to hit. Yeah, so again, AC is a character's ability to avoid being hit yes. by means of armor, or perhaps they're very quick mm -hmm. uh, or nimble and can get out of the way of attacks. Yes, it's and an abstract representation. Health is if they do get past that armor class, then if they do damage, let's say they do 10 damage with a sword, you take 10 damage and then what you lose 10 health. What happens if your health points drop to zero? Ooh, great, great question. question. Thanks. Jinx. If they go to zero... Wait, wait, I want to do this one. I like it. Okay. If they you fucking die. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what happens. Uh, when you reach zero HP or hit points, that does not mean you die. It means your character falls to the ground and falls unconscious. Or as we sometimes do in our game, but this is a special our game thing, they will basically be teetering on the brink of consciousness where they are basically just like barely conscious and they can, you know, they can just kind of like mumble out words, but they can't do anything. So that's just an our game thing. Usually it means you fall unconscious. And you are, quote, as the game likes to put it, you are dying. So at that point, you are unconscious and dying. And then every round on that player's turn, they will roll what is known as a death, death saving save. throw. Death saving throw. <laughs> yes. Um, so the way that works is you need either three death saving throw successes or three death saving throw failures to evolve to your next stage of existence. So once again, you're rolling that D20. Yes, you're rolling that D20. And you're, in this case, not adding any modifiers to it. This is a straight D20 roll. Rolls of 10 or above count as a death saving throw success. And rolls of nine or below count as a death saving throw failure. If you succeed, it's a good thing because you need three successes to basically be 
stable. Stable. You are unconscious and stable as opposed to unconscious and dying. And or if you three death failures. That means you die. And that means dead dead. Permanently. That's bad. You don't yeah. want that to happen. And what that means is that you're dead and you have to roll a new character. Yes. Yep. And the 14-page backstory you wrote, getting ready for the campaign. We're going to burn it. Burning it. Yeah. It gets burned. We print you have it to out. You throw away your dice and... Uh, and shame you through the streets. Yeah. yeah we make you knock wake through the straight, street with a bell, Cersei style. I've had two characters die before. In other games. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never had a character die because I'm very good at D&D. &D. <laughs> well, you just... Mm. He's a coward is what Jared yeah. was like. Okay. He's laughing, but there are tears. <laughs> I heard him. Yep. Uh, uh, Jared, do you want me to talk a little bit about battling and like combat? I would love that. I would love to. So in combat, there are essentially four actions that you can take on your turn. I'm sorry. Can we go back? Because no. we should go. We should talk I, about classes and races. I've already started. And resting. Stop. Yeah, you're right. We didn't talk about resting. And we didn't talk about classes and races. Actually, you guys do classes and races because that kind of is in the same vein as characters. Also with characters, there's a thing called classes I'm and races. I'm going to ask a question. Cool. What are, what, how do you determine... Great question, Noah. Yeah. So basically each character, you pick a class and a race. I'll start with races. Races, Very every character chooses a shit. Yeah, yeah, standard We're stuff. talking about elves. elves. We're talking dwarves. about dwarves. We're talking about humans. We're Sorry, talking about... Go, go back one more time. I moved my mic a little bit. Sorry. Races, we're talking about... Well, you asked the question. Let's start again. Okay. So uh, what's the deal with like classes? Like who, what, you know, the types of guys y'all are oh yeah that's known as classes and races Noah. great question uh, cool cool in cool, fantasy cool. there's usually the question of race whether that be elves dwarves gnomes halflings you can also add in tabaxi which are cat people frodo frodo uh hobbiton was a halfling he's a halfling technically <laughs> they're gonna say he's a tabaxi <laughs> what's frodo's last name baggins, baggins you mori <laughs> you know when your when your brain just like blanks out Never. Once I couldn't remember what a fire hydrant was called. Ooh, that's a weird one. Yeah, I was trying to tell the fireman. It was a bad situation. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Wait, in D &D, okay? so in D&D, when you pick a race, you are... You didn't want to go over 20 minutes. In D&D, when you pick a race, you pick the race. I picked the race because tabaxi are just awesome. But also, there are stats that come with those races. So, tabaxi are cat people. Yes, they are. Good I think Good we call. thoroughly covered that, yes. <laughs> yes, but there are also stats that go with those races. So, for example, uh, when you pick half-orc, for example, half-orc have an ability where, you know what, that's too complicated. Yeah, we're, yeah, getting, we're getting into minutiae. We're getting in too deep. Great. Um, Skip what I said. Different races. Let me, talk, let me talk about race for a second. Every race has their own advantages and disadvantages to being chosen. You know, humans, different from elves, different from dwarves. I think we all know how that works. Tabaxi, different from all of them because they're cat people. They're the yep. best. They are cat people. Classes? Do you guys want to talk about classes a little yeah, bit? Yeah. So classes, another classic fantasy trope, trope. shit classic. here. We're talking about, you know, rangers. We're talking about wizards. We're talking about fighters. We're talking about rogues. Warlocks. Talking about plumbers. There's all kind of, in D&D &D these days, if you can dream it, you can do it. Uh, you can You can be any kind of character you can imagine, race, class, combo gender special skills i mean work with your dm you can you can anything, anything you want to be that you want but for example uh 
Whiskers is a paladin. That's the class he is. So paladins give Whiskers special abilities like divine smite or paladins healing. are holy warriors. So holy yeah. warriors. So yeah. they're they're endowed by a god with their magical powers. Whereas or, a wizard learns a bunch of crap out of books and has like a lot of spells but can't fight with a sword very well. And that's rogue, the official description in the player's handbook too. Thank yeah. you. A rogue is yeah, I wrote it. A uh, rogue <laughs> and I get inspiration. A rogue is uh, kind of a thievy guy. Obviously, they're maybe charming. They're maybe good with their hands. Quick, they like do to a lot of damage. People. For sure. uh, and a sorcerer. Galavin's a sorcerer. So he has some magical powers that he was born with. It's pretty cool. Pretty sexy. Yeah. Uh, it's very sexy. Um, and different classes have different abilities that they can use in combat. combat. Hey, what's that Full circle. Don't compliment yourself. Full circle, baby. Um, so, combat. In combat, essentially there are four things that you can do in combat. I was going to say use the word action, but one of them is called an action. So to clarify, there are four things you can do on your turn in combat. Everybody has a turn, and that everybody has one turn each round of combat, and then we go to the next round of combat. On your turn in combat, you can do four things. One is an action. Each yes, turn, I see you raising your hand. Each yes. turn takes six seconds Each of turn time. represents so like, abstractly six seconds of time. Yes. Like you got to think about it like everyone's kind of going at the same time. It's like a battle, but... To play it, you have to do it one at a time. So yeah. each player technically is taking six seconds of play time. To Even do though this. it takes them 10 minutes to decide what to do on their turn. Noah especially. It, actually, yes, Noah especially. It usually takes about, uh, it is an abstract <laughs> representation of six seconds, for sure. Um, so even though a combat might take an hour and a half to record, it, and then sometimes it actually only ex lasts like 45 seconds sometimes, and usually the case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting so to think about. It is very interesting because there's a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, so one of the things you can do on your turn is called an action. Actions are most attacks, spells, things like that. The second thing you can take on your turn is a movement. Everybody has movement that they can take on their turn. They can use as much of it or as little of it of, as they want, and they can break it up however they want as well with their other actions. The third thing you can do is called a free action. Free action you can usually take only like one or two, and that's kind of depending on your game master. Uh, free action is anything that's like can be done super easily, like like holding, uh, it's like basically like using an object or saying something, but like using an object meaning like grabbing something off a shelf next to you or uh, opening a door or drawing a weapon um, and then saying something you can like say to your partner, like I'm gonna go for this guy, you go for him as you're running in to attack somebody. Quick, easy things, that's why they're usually called free actions um, because they're things you can take for free. And the fourth, the fourth thing that you can do is uh, an optional thing, which is why I include it last. It's called a bonus action. Not everybody gets bonus actions. You only get a bonus action on your turn if something says, hey, you can do this as a bonus action. Otherwise, you cannot do anything as a bonus action on your turn. And that's basically the things you can do in combat. Uh, all combat, I was mentioning rounds and turns before. Uh, so at the beginning of every combat, you might hear me say, roll initiative. What that means is everybody, every player has, and every character has their own initiative score, right? So they will roll a d20 and they will add their initiative modifier to that. And that will be their total initiative score, which will determine their place in the round of combat, in the order of combat. So if they get a really high initiative roll, then they will likely be going near the top of the round of combat. Uh, and that is pretty much it for combat. I think that's the quick and dirty of it anyway. 
Um, and if you need any more clarification on more this like rule, the slow and dirty. Yeah, more like true. burn. You burned got him, me. Burned him up. You got me. You burned me for 17 points of fire damage. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of damage you can do in combat. <laughs> and if you all need clarification on that rule or any of these rules that we've been talking about, uh, you know what? You can find all of these rules and more in your player's handbook, which you can get at your local game store. Uh, and then you can play D&D with your friends and it'll be a great time. And honestly, that's why we're doing this, because yes. you should definitely be playing D&D with your friends. Yeah. It is the best thing in the whole fucking world, yeah. man. Yeah, honestly, love I love, love that you're listening to this, but if you have a choice between this and playing with your friends, play with your friends. It's yeah. way better. And then when you're done playing with your friends, listen to our podcast, because... That's, you got that's a week until your next session. You yeah. got to get high somehow. Yeah. <laughs> got to get that fix, man. Got to get that fix. And if you have any questions about these questions or about these um, rules that we've stated or anything else you just want to talk to us, always please feel free to hit us up at Magic Quest Boys on Twitter, at Magic Quest Boys on Instagram, and I believe the email is Jared's going to tell you. Magic Quest Boys. Oh. But Noah should tell you because he's the one that's going to answer you if you email us. Magic Quest Boys at gmail.com. Magic Quest Boys at gmail.com. Hit me up. I'll be your pen pal. We like to keep it real simple. It's at Magic Quest Boys everywhere, baby. Guys, we love you. And love you. Uh, and thanks for listening. What thank is this, like 20 listening. minutes long? You're the best. It's We might so we try and up. record a fast version. And No, we'll just cut some of the boring shit. All right. Well, we love you. We're sorry it was so long. But I hope you know everything about D&D now. Yeah, and we're sure you do. What's uh, up? One, two, three, one, two. The Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Town. Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Biscuits. Very good. We need David and Morrison.